Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family and relationships and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that sometimes are hard to have with other people. Well, we're not ashamed to have those conversations right here. So join me as I spill tea on every topic you ever thought about, talked about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Hey, it's Makita, and I'm spilling a little tea. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then let Buzzsprout help you get started. It's easy, fun, and best of all, you can start for free. Buzzsprout can help you get your message out to all the major podcast channels, as well as give you tips to help you make your podcast a success. Click on the link below or go to buzzsprout.com to get started and join over a thousand podcasters just like me who are already using Buzzsprout. And that's the tea. Welcome back. It is time for some tea. Today we are spilling tea on a topic that is so important to me. Um, anxiety is one topic that I feel like we've all experienced in some form. And it can really show up in so many different ways of our lives. Um, and it can affect us in many different ways. Today I have a special guest with me, Ms. Stephanie Delfonso integrative hypnotist here to spill some delicious tea on anxiety and how we can really learn from anxiety and not let it control our lives and a way that we can incorporate you know feeling empowered from anxiety versus feeling like it's controlling us so welcome to the show i'm so happy to have you here Oh, thanks, Makita. I'm so excited. I think we're going to have just a delightful conversation. I think so, too. Like, I'm really excited. Like I said, you had this great book that came out, Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, and just your overall experience in dealing with so many different topics, like, is such a wealth of information to just share. Thanks. Well, and you can tell, you know, you said you've got the book. You can, it's very, very, very short. And it's designed to be very, very short. Because if you're feeling anxious and I hand you a 400 page book, you're only going to feel more anxious, right? So yeah. I kept it short. There's 35 techniques in the book. And I don't know if you noticed, Makita, they're in alphabetical order. And I did that so you don't even have to read the whole book. It's not that you have to learn all 35 techniques. It's, oh, here's a little smorgasbord. Let's pick three or four that really work for me and action them and action them and action them. That's how you can overcome anxiety is by, you know, just because I wrote this book doesn't mean that I don't experience anxiety. I do. It's part of the human condition, but I know what to do with it now, right? I know that when it starts 
coming up when it's maybe at a two or a three on a scale of 10 that I need to use one of my, my techniques that, you know, obviously I've got these all in my mind and I know, oh, okay, oh, I can do this breath technique here. Or, oh, you know, we were talking before we started recording about essential oils. You know, there's certain essential oils that are phenomenal to help calm stress and anxiety. Yes, there actually really are quite a few essential oils that really, really help. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the one that people would most uh, easily go to is lavender, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, there's lavender is nice and calming, but there's also bergamot oil is incredible for helping to calm things down. Um, there are, you know, certain blends where, you know, companies will blend together, you know, maybe say four or five of the different essential oils that are great for calming. And then, you know, you're getting the benefits of all those different oils um, all mixed together. Yes, I think I, I love burning lavender. <laughs> Between lavender and I think I have this... Uh bergamot and eucalyptus blend nice yeah nice and it really does help and you know for listeners who haven't experienced essential oils um they're not woo woo you know they've been around for thousands and thousands of years they found them in the uh tombs in the pyramids so you know think about how many centuries ago that was um and so uh, the essential oils you know you can sniff them you can put them on uh like perfume um if you don't like the smell of them, you can put them on the bottom of your feet. Mm -hmm. I like that idea on the bottom of your feet. I never thought about that. Well, supposedly we, uh, I don't know if this is true, but supposedly we have the biggest pores in our body on the bottom of our feet. So if that's the case, then we're putting the essential oils on the bottom of the feet and they're getting sucked into our system that quickly. Ooh. I'm going to have to try that and see how that works out. Yeah, well, even hospitals are using essential oils now, you know, doing, you know, lavender for the calming. And the three main that they think they use in hospitals are lavender, um, uh, what is it, lavender, lemon, and peppermint. Mm -hmm. And um, so the lavender is calming. The peppermint is actually an uplifting oil. And then uh, lemon is the oil of focus. So um, I had a I had a very enlightened mother many years ago bring her eight year old son to me. Uh, the teachers at school were banting around the alphabet suit, and she didn't want to go that route. She didn't want to go, you know, directly to medication. She wanted to see if she could um, find some alternative um, ways to help him. And so, boy, this kid had so much energy. He came into my office and he was banging the chair back and forth, back and forth because he was rocking so hard. Mm -hmm. And I had him uh, smell some lemon essential oil and I taught him to rub from like the middle of his forehead down to the tip of his, his uh, nose a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And in less than five minutes, he was now curled up, sucking his thumb under the blanket in this chair that he was previously banging all over the place. His mom was sitting on the couch with tears streaming down her face. Wow, something so simple. And, and it, you know, I don't think you've read the whole book yet, but from what you've read in the book, you can already see all of the techniques that I share are very, very simple. Because if it's not simple, if you can't teach it to a six-year-old, then you're not going to do it yourself. If I say, okay, you know, the way for you to find emotional balance is to <laughs> meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and meditate 20 minutes at night, you'd say, okay, thanks, next. 
<laughs> right? It doesn't work that way. I have literally, I have this little sticky note on my wall um, and right in front of me behind my computer that says short moments of calm many times a day. Well, a day got scratched out at the beginning of the pandemic and it now reads short moments of calm many times an hour. Because that is my experience is that when we offload the stress, as it comes up throughout the day, as you've got, you know, something going on at work and you, you know, instead of just stuffing it down and, and, you know, wanting to explode at the end of the day, when you let it out during the day, then it doesn't have a chance to build up to those great big levels. That is so true. I, so I work in a a doctor's office. I'm a nurse and I will tell you, Usually around three o'clock, I am at my, my anxiety is at its highest. And I started coping with my anxiety by getting chips and all these other things. And then I, I think at one moment I was like, look, <laughs> you can't keep eating these cookies and chips. You're like going to gain like 50 pounds and now you're going to have another health problem or something's going to come up. So what's, what's going on? And then I realized that I just feel overwhelmed and anxious because it's like the busiest time of the day so I needed another outlet recognizing that this was my stress this was my anxiety and then taking steps I think was a great part of your book and you talked about reacting versus responding yes yes first of all can I say congratulations because the awareness is the first step to getting unhooked from it right? The awareness of, oh, this is going on. And without judging yourself, you know, you were finding a way to cope. You were finding a way to self-soothe. And now you're finding um, perhaps healthier ways to self-soothe. So that, that awareness really is the key. And the part about responding rather than reacting mm-hmm. is absolutely crucial because I spent the first half of my life in react mode. And I did not know that I had anxiety. Like I was in my 30s before I realized I had been struggling with anxiety my entire life. The react, react, react. And then I developed insomnia and I found myself losing my on a bag of my kids' Cheetos. Smash, 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 because I couldn't function. And so that is the ultimate reaction, right? Mm -hmm. So if instead... When we notice something starting to trigger us, if we can take that split nanosecond to just take a beat and do one of these techniques, then we have the power to respond. And that's so much better for us on a physical level, an emotional level, on a spiritual level. So when something triggers you during the day, Nikita, Mm -hmm. um, just while you're still doing your job, just think I'm breathing in, breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. And it'll take the take the, the uh, pressure down. So like, how simple is that, that right? Is super simple. Yeah, and another thing you could do, you know, between patients is um, if, um, if we were on video, I would show you with the tennis ball, tossing the tennis ball back and forth between my hands, but I'm gonna invite you and any listeners that are not driving to just put <laughs> your hands, put your hands together in front of your heart and then swing one hand out to the side and back and then the other one out to the side and back and do that several times and notice that it starts to, oh, that feels kind of nice. 
The reason this works, it's called crossing the midline. The reason this works, Makita, is because we're not just crossing the midline of the body, we are more importantly crossing the midline of the brain. And so by doing this with our hands, with a tennis ball, with a water bottle, um, we are stimulating the left side, stimulating the right side, stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, and that brings us into emotional balance. And it gives our mind something else to focus on too, because now all that energy is being transferred somewhere else. Right. Because what we focus on, we get more of, you know, think about when you have a day when you've got cranky patient after cranky patient, and you're just like, at the end of the day, because you've been focusing on these cranky patients, these cranky patients. But then if you have a day where you've got like three cranky patients in a row, and then somebody really nice comes in and says, oh, Makita, you've got the most beautiful smile. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you. It changes your whole day because that's what you're focusing on now. It does. It really, really does. And like you said, something simple, because I'm a person that too much gives me like it's like anxiety like all these steps have to do this and this and then I'm like I'm feel overwhelmed and I'm just done well and that's why that's why I wrote the book I um I, I was a radio DJ a celebrity radio DJ for my first career and so literally I was the very first automated voice back in the 1980s wow. move your bananas to the belt to listen to your messages, press one. So we lived in South Florida at the time and my husband would travel around the country for business and he'd be in a hotel room in Chicago. This was pre-cell phones. And he would pick up that Jeremy phone that I would never touch in a million years now, uh, pick up that Jeremy phone in the hotel room to check for his voicemail. And here was his wife. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> So when I did my last radio show, my kids were young. My uh, youngest was still in diapers, and that's when the insomnia hit. And so I did what most people do. I went and I got um, a prescription for the doctor when the doctor said, well, the insomnia is because of your anxiety. What? Oh, what? I have anxiety? Yeah, it's not normal to walk around with your ears, um, like earrings, or your shoulders like earrings, or mm -hmm. to worry about everything, but not just worry about everything, but worry about the worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. That was the only normal I knew. So the medication worked for a short time, then it stopped. And that's when I started researching all these different ways because it was self-preservation. Like, oh my gosh, I have to find a way for me to be able to find um, a way to function, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I started learning these, um, I realized that it really was the simple things. So I never planned on writing a book. And then you know, this is a collection of like over 20 years of research and, and you know, what was working for me. And, and now uh, for the past 16 years, I've been using with my clients as an integrative hypnotist. And it's absolutely incredible when you can just take these simple ways to keep finding your balance and keep finding your balance and allow you to respond. And when you respond, you're still in your power. When you react, when I lost it on a bag of Cheetos, mm -hmm. ah, it's not my finest moment. And uh, you know, it uh, definitely was not a response. It was a reaction. Yes. And you know that, you know, they, a lot of people don't realize that feeling that lack of control can feed on the anxiety. And then they don't even recognize sometimes that that insomnia that they're, that they're having is all of it is related. Like it goes together. 
Oh, exactly. Well, and I say, when I talk about sleep issues, I always say, they don't start when you put your head down on the pillow. They start how you wake up. I had a uh, client many years ago come as a referral from his psychiatrist for insomnia. And I said, oh, well, you know, it doesn't start when you put your head down on the pillow. Um, it starts when you, how you start your day. So um, how do you wake up? To an alarm. Oh, is it on your phone? He says, yeah. I said, okay, could you play it for me? It was like a, a, a warning signal on a battleship. So the poor man was, you know, shocking his nervous system from the very first thing in the morning. So I invite my clients, I invite all my clients, not just um, ones with sleep issues, but I invite all my clients and I'll invite you and your listeners to consider doing this. Start the day with gratitude. When, okay, so when we first wake up in the morning and right before we go to sleep at night, mm -hmm. we're in a state called the hypnagogic state. And it's a state identical to hypnosis. So it's a great time to program in what you want. So at night, it's, you know, oh, I drift into a nice, peaceful, restful sleep, waking up refreshed and awake and alert when the alarm goes off. When you wake up in the morning and you start with, oh, I'm so thankful for a good night's sleep. I'm so thankful for my husband and, and my daughter and my health. I'm so thankful that we have a roof over our head and food in the, in the pantry. When you start your day with gratitude, the day's going to go a whole lot better. And there's actually been scientific studies that show that people who are grateful have 23% less cortisol in their systems. And that's the stress hormone, as you would know, but just so your listeners know. Mm -hmm. Also, it's been shown that when we feel gratitude, not just think it in our head, but when we feel that gratitude, we are getting our bodies to produce dopamine and serotonin, which are the happy hormones. So you're decreasing the stress hormones and upping the happy hormones. I think it's a nice way to start the day. It is. I like how you talk about starting the day grateful and, you know, just recently talking about starting the day with the alarm clocks my husband got a new phone and it wakes up and it says good morning samuel today is and then it goes into a full detailed about the news and it doesn't stop oh <laughs> i was like oh my gosh why did you do that like turn that app off <laughs> yes i just was like it just totally this it just started this week. It just messed up like my whole week and how I woke up and felt I could feel it. Like it was affecting me, but I really, until now I'm just really realizing like why and yeah. how. Yeah. And um, another one of the techniques in the book is take a digital time out. We are mm -hmm. bombarded with our devices, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I literally, I have a very different relationship with my phone than almost everybody else in the world because I always have my phone turned off. I have no notifications. I don't have nothing. Even like, I don't, I rarely have it turned on. So, you know, when my kids call, you know, <laughs> I have to call them back. Um, and I was in this conference many years ago where Tony Fidel, who was the original inventor of the iPhone or I, not the iPhone, the iPod, mm -hmm. the very first one that was just the music. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and then he was involved in the first three generations of the iPhone. And they were talking about how they are designed to be addictive. You get those dopamine hits and you want more and you mm -hmm. want more and you want more. And so I invite people to just take a digital time out. It doesn't mean like my sister is about to go on vacation and she is going to be totally off the grid for two weeks. Hats off to her. I couldn't do that. I, you know, I really <laughs> admire her, but I know I couldn't do that. But if you can just take digital times at timeouts and take some of those notifications off and certainly not start your day with that. Um, Marianne Williamson is a spiritual author. And I remember her saying years ago when people still used to get the newspaper delivered uh, into the driveway, she yeah, said, you know, you wake up in the morning, you, you hit the coffee, you turn on the TV news, you go to the driveway and get the newspaper. And then you wonder why you have a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now with our devices, it's like that, you know, that app that your husband has on his phone. Oh my gosh, that's not a good way to start the day. No, not at all. Well, maybe his phone needs to go into a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But I like, um, so I think about two months ago, we, we went on a little getaway up into the mountains. Um, just, I think we both needed like this mental break. And I really wasn't sure at the time we were taking this break, what I needed a really a break from, but I made a conscious decision that I would not be on any social media sites. I wasn't going to snap pictures and post them to Facebook and worry about any of, of that. You know, it was used for if the kids needed to contact me and that's it. And it felt so good. I'm sure. I'm sure because we get we get so used to this is the way it is this is the way it is this is the way it is da, 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 da. and then when we take a break from it it's like oh wow this feels good right mm-hmm because we're constantly in that go 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 mode I think all the time yeah yeah and hats off to you you're you're really wise to do that <laughs> yeah I just know I needed a break and I was like this may be it because sometimes like I I'm standing there with my phone trying to get the perfect lighting, the perfect picture. And I'm like, like you know what? I'm done. <laughs> well, and, and so, you know, my daughter is um, 32 now. And so many, many, many years ago, when she was four years old, I will always remember this six-year-old boy from down the block and you know, a bunch of kids were over at our house and he had one of the first video games, the hand, first handheld video games. Mm -hmm. And he's off in the corner playing this game while all the other kids are running around playing together. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look so good. Then um, flash forward to when my daughter was 14, that was when like MySpace and LiveJournal was coming online and they were putting all their information out. And uh, her friend called me stalker mom because I was like, you, I, have, I need access to this. You were not putting your life out on, you know, to anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately there was a tragedy with another 14 year old girl with my daughter's name in our town um, through meeting somebody online. And then, you know, I've watched it, I, you know, I haven't been in a restaurant since COVID uh, started, but you know, before then, being in a restaurant and seeing a young family and mom and dad are sitting on their phones, tapping away, mm -hmm. and the toddler and the baby are propped up in front of a tablet watching a movie. And I was like, wait, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> yeah. 
So you're very wise, Makita. Yeah, we don't, during dinner time, we're sitting together. No one can have their phone out at the table. Like that's, that's a, negative. Yeah, that's, that's great. Because <laughs> it can consume you. Yes, it can. And then it, yes, can it, also, can. it can also add to anxiety. You know, when you're looking at people on social media and you get to comparing your life to their life, and then it becomes a whole nother set of anxiety issues. Exactly. And what you're seeing on their Instagram feeds ain't real life. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's like, oh, okay, let me put up what I want it to be. And I think that that drives children um, even more. You know, the uh, kids, teens, and young adults, I think that they have had it the worst through this pandemic mm -hmm. um, because you know, they've got all this, you know, comparing online and then, you know, then they're, they're not, they're not in school. They're having to learn online and, mm -hmm. um, their stress anxiety levels have gone through the roof. And I love working with kids. Um, I have a pediatrician in my hometown who has been sending me her patients for over 10 years now. And I recently had a 23 year old, uh, come back to me. I worked with her when she was 13 years old and she recently came back to me because she had something else um, that was uh, you know that was uh, triggering her now and mm -hmm. so when when the kids learn that they can break free of the anxiety they can break free of fears um, that's what she usually sends her kids uh, her patients to me with fears of shots fears of bees fears of dogs fear of flying um, when they learn at that young age that they can they can get over that, it changes the whole trajectory. So this um, young 23-year-old didn't come back to me because the work we did 10 years ago expired. It was because she had a situation um, that was really tough for her to deal with come up in her life. And so she was like, well, mom, can I go back to, to Stephanie? And you know, she's now she's doing great again. So um, for moms who are listening, Mm -hmm. Please put your oxygen mask on first. You learn these techniques I've been sharing today. Of course, we want to go help our kids. We want to go help our kids. But mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for them is take care of yourself first. Let them see moms really chilling out. Um, I remember my son coming home from college one time and saying, do you start smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was just because I had chilled out so much. And so, you know, by example, it wasn't me saying, hey, I've, you know, I've really chilled out. It was just by being me, being, you know, a better version of me. I love that. Put, put your own oxygen mask on first. Yep. Be, the, be the example and then help your kids to grow. Yeah. 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 Because as moms, we always want to take care of them first. Mm -hmm. um, and um, as a more experienced mom than many, I would say, I wish I had learned that much, much younger. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. You know, we, we live and we learn. And once we learn, we do better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what is one way you show up for yourself and how you practice self-care? Ooh, okay. I have a nice little morning ritual 
And it is, um, I'm very blessed. My husband brings me coffee to wake up. Um, so I have my coffee and we take our two dogs for a walk for half an hour to 45 minutes at a beautiful reservoir that's just one house away from us. Then we come home, I get another cup of coffee and do some meditation. And um, I, don't, I don't do my gratitude journal every day, but gratitude's always in there um, as part of that morning uh, ritual. And I've been doing this for years now. And it is when you, you know, have a set ritual, um, if you have to get up and out of the house, you know, to be at a nine to five job, you might not be able to take that. But, you know, when you set your foundation, you know, like going back to how, you know, when you first wake up, when you set that foundation, it really does set your chart for the whole day. It does. But then, you know, I don't just stop there. It's I'm doing, I got to walk my talk, you know, <laughs> I have to practice <laughs> what I'm preaching here. So I'm doing, you know, my exercises, my techniques from the book, I'm doing these interspersed through the day. Oh, you know, I've been married for 37 years. So trust me, you know, my husband and I can get on each other's nerves. So when I start to feel myself, it's like, oh, okay, breathe. Mm -hmm. just breathe. Oh, okay. Yep. Get that uh, essential oil, roll a ball out, roll it on my neck like perfume. Yeah. Okay. Now I can start calming down. Yes. I love that you have a ritual. You know, once you, a ritual is more like a, a way of living. It becomes who you are. Yes. And I think it's a really wonderful way of honoring ourselves. Mm -hmm. And practicing a, another level of self-care and it, the, your ritual and like you say starting your day off with gratefulness really helps to calm the anxiety and get your yourself in a better mindset yeah definitely so um if it's okay i'd love to share that um your listeners if they want to get five of the, of the techniques for free they can just go to my website and put their email in and there's the download so there's five that you can just play with and say, okay, oh, you know what? I want to use these two or three and then action them, action them, action them. Yes. Tell them where they can go. Hopefully you've got some show notes because um, how do you spell stephaniedelfonso.com? Um, <laughs> put, put that in the show notes, but also you can go to the number five, easywaystocalmanxiety.com. The number five, easywaystocalmanxiety.com. And again, they're really simple. Yes. So I definitely will have that in the comment section. I will have your name, stephaniedonfonso.com, and also the number five, easywaystocalmanxiety.com. Excellent. Thank you, Makita. And you know what? I would also recommend um, if, if you're going to do that, get a friend to do it with you, get, get them to do the download as well, and then find an accountability buddy. Because if you have an accountability buddy, studies prove that when we have an accountability buddy, we are much more likely to be consistent and show up and do it. So do it for at least seven days. I would say go for longer than that. You can get your best to do it. Just say, you know, hey, have you been doing the techniques? Hey, I, you know what, this triggered me today and I did this and it really helped. So by having that accountability buddy, you will take action. But, you know, you don't want this information to go up on your self-help shelf, mm -hmm. right? So we have, you know, we buy these books and programs and blah, 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 and then we put them on the, the bookshelf and then the, the 
they're sagging because they're just sitting there heavy, right? And so don't let this be, you know, uh, self-help, shelf-help for you. Really, you know, take these in and action them. I love that because so many times we, we, we have good intentions, but we never actually do the work and put everything into action to see the results. Exactly, Makita, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing and spilling some good tea on how we can use essential oils in our everyday life to help with anxiety and to stop reacting and start responding in a way that produces positivity and calmness in our life. Yes. Thank you so much, Makita. What a great conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. I think we can all relate to Stephanie's story of recognizing that we're out of control, not really knowing what's going on, but we know that we have reached that breaking point where it's time to talk to someone. Anxiety is very real for a lot of people, and it can be very crippling as well. It's a very important topic for me because I personally have dealt with anxiety, and I know how it can show up in our personal lives, in our work environment, and it's such a huge feeling of loss of control and racing heartbeat and It's not a feeling that you want to just stay with you and wake up with every day. And like she said, you get to the point where you're not sleeping. So I really love that she she came in and she gave us so much vital information. And like she said, she has this free workbook that you can get on her website called Five Easy Ways to Calm Anxiety. Please go check that out. The link's in the bio. It's the number five. And then easy ways to calm anxiety. And you can also go to her website, stephaniedelfonso.com. And it's spelled S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E. Delfonso, D-A-L-F-O-N-Z-O.com. I think we can all use some real solutions in our lives so we can stop reacting and start responding in a way that promotes clarity and growth for us. Now I'm going to slide over to our tea of the week. And I think this tea really fits everything we talked talked about today. And that's serenity tea. This serenity tea is soothing and it's restful. It has calomel, linden petals, lemon balm, cinnamon, lemon verbena leaves, orange pieces, and passion flower. This is a great tea to have any time of the day that you feel like you just want to take a break and kind of just focus on what's going on with you. Now you can find this tea and many more of my tea blends at beautifully-unbalanced.com slash shop. And you can also find the link in the bio as well. Now, if you want to connect with me, you can go to Instagram at Smith Makita, or if you want to hear some topics that are inter- that you're interested in, please hit me up. Let me know what you want to hear. Send me an email at time for T Makita, M-I-K-I-T-A at gmail.com. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear what you guys want 
want to hear more of um, so I can start spilling tea on things that matter the most to you. Now, next week, you're not going to want to miss what we're going to be spilling tea on next. So join me every Monday as we spill delicious hot tea. Until next time, namaste.